Hello and welcome back to the Music Works Microcast, business and mindset tips for music professionals. I'm Katie Beardsworth, founder of Polyphony Arts, and this week I want to talk about how to communicate well in negotiation, and specifically how to do this in a way that avoids at best awkward conversations and at worst microaggressions that are rooted in sexism, racism and other forms of discrimination. First, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer with cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment, protecting you against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. Every Allianz Music policy also includes free legal assistance and support so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Allianz serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. So, communicating with people you want to hire or who want to hire you with mutual respect and understanding. To talk about this topic, I want to welcome a guest to the microcast. Ella Jarman Pinto is an acclaimed composer, regularly commissioned by the BBC and named one of the UK's most exciting music makers by Classic FM. To all of you aspiring composers out there, doesn't this sound like a profile where people wouldn't question your fees anymore? Well, sadly, that's not the story. I'm delighted to welcome Ella to tell you about her experiences in communicating with potential commissioners, dealing with their preconceptions about the value of music, and to share some much-practiced tips on how to deal with these situations yourself, as well as advice for commissioners too. Welcome, Ella, and thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you again, Katie. (laughs) Right, so shall we start? Would you please just tell us a bit about your recent experiences with with this topic? Yes, and um, beforehand, I want to also say that, you know, to to humanise the people behind these these statements, but also to say that actually these statements are pretty unacceptable. (laughs) So I had two separate uh, inquiries from two separate people, Uh, who weren't in any way connected at all, who um, were searching for quotes in order to create funding applications. So there was no budget set. And I gave my fees to them and um, the response at the time was positive. Um, But both of them separately again (laughs) came back to me with the exact phrase in an email I don't want to undervalue you or your work, but... And then one of them proceeded to uh, patronise me and teach me, I'm going to say teach me, about how a specific funder works and how we needed to keep the... um, how we needed to keep the quote low in order to make sure that the funder would actually fund the, the, the application which is actually in complete contradiction to how this, this particular funding organisation now works. That is historically correct, but now is not how it works. Um, and so, yeah, it was quite patronising language. Um, and also uh, in a later email, more patronising language came along, which made me go, you're not someone I want to work with because this is not this is not how I will be spoken to. I will not allow someone to speak to me in this way. Um, the other organisation, again, doing fantastic work, um, had some issues with how 
uh, again, how it would be funded for that quote because of repeat performances. Um, but there was a lot of, there was just a lot of information, a lot of anxiety about what was going on and how this wouldn't work and how that wouldn't work. And it was a very, very long email, which was sort of designed to get me to feel sorry and designed to get me to respond by reducing my fee. So there was no question asked of me. It was just, I know that the, res the response that you are trying to get me to do and that you expect is, oh, well, I could do it for a little bit less. Um, again, this isn't actually treating me with respect. <laughs> you know, this is your project. I am excited to be involved in your project, but I have a family to feed and my fee is my fee. Now, if I had been come to, you know, if someone had come to me and said, we, we actually don't think we can afford this and um, we don't feel that, um, we, we don't feel that we can afford your fee for this particular project. Is there a way that we could negotiate on the fee? I would probably say, thank you for telling me that. I would love to talk to you about potentially negotiating at this time and for this project, I don't think I can negotiate on that fee because this is how long it will take me to do it. And this is how much I need in order to do it. <laughs> mm. So for this particular project, I can't renegotiate, you know, so, but that's coming to me on a, on a respectful level. Um, and I appreciate that in no way would these two people want to actively um, disres you know, disrespect or ac actively kind of use these, these microaggressions. And I don't think that's an awareness that they would have had. And I don't think it's something that they would be doing maliciously. But it, it's something to be said for... Um, there's something to be said for the way that you negotiate with certainly with women and certainly with women of colour or certainly with people who are experiencing and have historic oppression, you know, systematic oppression. You know, money is so important and fees and respecting the fees of the people you're working with is so important. And it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's this thing of you, you can make some big mistakes if you work down the manipulative route rather than actually going, can't afford this, can you do any less? No, okay, we'll, we'll come back to you another time. Yeah, because what you're asking people to do if you go down that route is to um, is to put their own value on something, which obviously they've already done because they've already quoted uh, based on their own value. You know, mm. I would always um, in negotiation prefer if it went, this is what I want. I can't do that, but I can do this. Is that acceptable? Yes, no, perhaps repeat. You know, that yes. is that is a straightforward and professional way of negotiating and it doesn't bring into... Well, it doesn't completely ignore how people feel about themselves and, and their backgrounds of how they experience value, of course, because nothing possibly can exclude those things, but mm. it eradicates as much of that as possible. Yeah, um, I certainly feel that. Uh, and it took me a long time to work out what was going on in my head. And, you know, that it, it, it really put me back. Both of these, I mean, they came within a week of each other. <laughs> wow, um, buses. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, but also these are fees that I've quoted before and have had accepted by women, actually, incidentally. So the people mm -hmm. who came to me were men. And these fees have been accepted by women for similar situations, saying we will, we will make this work. Um, and I think there's there really is a culture of, especially when it when you know when you're dealing with sexism in the industry, there really is a culture of 
expecting that women will want to do it or expecting that women will feel grateful that you have talked to them about it or expecting that women will will accommodate your your needs in order to make the project happen because women are really easygoing and you know they want to be helpful and 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 I think there's there's a you ha you have to be very careful not to actually exploit that because women throughout history and throughout society and now still statistically hold the majority of the unpaid labor that we do in society whether that's child rearing domestic work um and also still have huge gender pay gap and and i think if i had been a man i don't think this conversation would have been approached in the same way at all mm. so what top tips would you give future commissioners then i would absolutely say that you have to look at money face you know straight in the face you have to look at it and you have to look at your own fears with money because i know that that's where this comes from so it's not malicious um and you have to watch your language you have to say okay how am i approaching this this person has come to me with a fee and i cannot afford the fee or i don't want to pay that fee and you have to look at yourself and say am i deciding not to pay this fee because this person actually isn't right for the, pro for the project Am I deciding not to pay this fee because I don't think I'm going to be able to get the money in? Am I deciding not to pay this fee because I feel that this person is not deserving of the amount that they're asking for? And that is a very real possibility. You know, we all have systematic bias within us. Um, so have a look at what your reasons are behind this response to the fee that you've been quoted. And then I would also say that when you go back to that person, if you decide that, you know, if you decide that, no, it's not something that you are able to gather the money for, be really honest. I'm really sorry. I can't gather the money together for this project. Is there a way we can negotiate or perhaps change the project in some way that would bring the fee down? So reduce the instrumentation or um, change the, the, the amount of time that it will take or, um, Perhaps if there is um, community workshop engagement, perhaps you take that bit out or you focus on that solely, you know, and really negotiate within the value that this composer has already told you. So within the fee that they've already told you, that's not going to change because that is how much they need in order to do the project well. But yeah. if you're going to change aspects of the project that might then reduce the fee, that is a positive way to come at it and and really shows your respect for the composer. And also that will mean that that person, that composer will hopefully want to work with you to make it happen. But if you're trying to make them feel sorry for you, or if you're trying to tell them how things work, then you are going to not get the best response <laughs> or you might lose that person. You might not work with them. And both of these projects I walked away from politely <laughs> just call some swear words in the back of my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the um there's a a bias towards the value of music as well as the um as well as the racial and gender bias and other biases that people hold as well there are definitely commissioners out there who who don't have an appreciation of how long it takes 
uh, or you know what's involved or what the costs are because mm. there are costs you know when you write music you don't just sit down and write it there are costs involved mm. and um I think those people you know it's like when you I know people always use this analogy but if you get some work done in your house you don't expect as like if I get some work done in my house I don't expect a plumber to say to me well you know um you obviously know all about the mechanics of how this works and and the, this is how much it costs I kind of expect the reason I'm hiring them is because I know that I don't know all of those things and therefore I need their expertise as well as the fact that they can actually do it and that I need them to know how to make this happen and I think that coming into commissioning from a point of view of knowing that you're going to work with an expert who definitely knows all of the things that are needed for this project like whenever I hire anybody for anything I always want them to know more than I do about something yes. otherwise yeah. what's the point yes. I just do it myself absolutely <laughs> absolutely but I, I would like you to think you know if you are employed in an organization and you are approaching someone to commission them, I want you to have a look at your own life and the money that is coming into you. You know, how much do you need to earn in order to eat? How much do you need to earn in order to not feel stressed about the next month? How much do you need to earn in order to feel joyful and jolly about your life, you know? And, um, you know, and I want you to have a think about the amount of money that then you're paying that person. You know, it might be that you are struggling and you're, 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 you're trying to get money from here and there. But often I find those people are the ones who are most, um, most adamant about paying you properly. And I feel that the people who are actually very comfortable um, and uh, who are earning, you know, a, 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 a PAYE income, I find that those are the people who don't realise that the work that you're asking from someone equates to that monthly wage. Mm. and also equates to the months that they don't get the work in so mm. yes it might seem like a bigger amount to start with but actually how long does it take me to write this piece of music well i think it might take me two months how much do i need to cover my rent how well, not my rent my mortgage how much do i need to ensure that my kids have clothes how much do i need to ensure that um i could buy school uniform and then to make sure that we have food and then, you know, to not be scrabbling around for the next two months because it's taken me two months and maybe even three months to write the piece. And I only value two months because sometimes I, <laughs> I don't think how long it's actually going to take. Um, and you only have so much energy as well. You know, you can only do so many commissions in a year. So, you know, you really have to think is this going to pay someone's mortgage and the work that, and the, um, you know, and the wage they need for those two months that they that you are their focus. You know, yeah. for those two months, I'm not working with somebody else. I'm working with you. So that's why I have put it at that level because you are my sole provider at that point, and that's how I value myself and my work. So yeah, it's about this respect and the mutual respect and keeping that communication open. And it's not about saying no, I can't pay that. You know, it's not about saying you must pay or whatever they, they say, but it's about understanding that we're all people and we're all human and, you know, sob stories and patronizing language actually undervalues the person that you're trying to get to change yeah. their fee. Absolutely. It's understanding the value of what you're asking for and the fact that the person that you're talking to will understand difficult circumstances and what they need, what anyone needs when they're trying to decide and to go into any kind of working relationship with someone is clear parameters set so they can either say yes or no, essentially. 
Yes. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's cleared that up then. Thank well, you so, so much, Ella. No, I think, I, I, you know, I just really wanted to come on and talk about this. It's such a an important issue because um, it does go right down to, um, as you say, to respect. And mm. um, I know that nobody likes awkward conversations, commissioners included. And so hopefully this is helpful on both sides. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ella. It's mm. been a real pleasure as always. Thank you. Um, listeners, if you need help, um, you can find like-minded people at Polyphony Arts. Our strategic career coaching program is specifically designed to give you the tools you need to have a happy and balanced music career. And as I'm doing my own plug, I am realising that I've forgotten to remind you about yours, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I work with storytellers um, in order to uh, create the music that brings your creative vision to life and uh, storytellers include film tv media uh, poets and librettists for opera and song um, and anything that tells a positive inclusive story that makes a positive change for the future and you can find me at ellajarmanpinto.com all the information is there and you can get in touch with me there if you would like to talk about a project perfect so for more free business and mindset tips and thoughts, do subscribe to Music Works on any podcast platform and sign up to our mailing list on our website, polyphonyarts.com slash mailing dash list. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer, serving the music community since 1960 and proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Thank you for listening. Mm.